Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcast. You can find us, of course, on YouTube with Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. When you go on there, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and we'll keep it rocking and rolling here. So again, today it's day three of training camp. It's just me and you talking about what happened at practice. And before I get going, there's a little bit of a big news today: is that Ryan Kerrigan is going to retire and sign a one-day contract with Washington, so we can retire. As a member of this organization, congratulations to Ryan Kerrigan. I'll have more on him probably tomorrow. He's going to hold a press conference Saturday out of the facility. And again, a great career, a fan favorite, just a class guy and a true pro all the way around. Now, a couple other nuggets. Ron Rivera said today that Chase Young would miss at least the season opener and even brought up the possibility that he could be placed on the physically unable to perform list to open the season. If that is the case he would miss at least four games. So that's a change from the past with the pup list, but he would miss at least four games. He's also a chance that he could go on IR to open the air again, a minimum of four games if that's the case. Not a guarantee. They'll see where he's at at that time as we get to final cuts and which direction they would go if they have to go that route at all. Rivera had talked about this with the junkies on Friday morning. He talked about it again with us in the press conference Friday afternoon. I will say, if you've been watching this or listening to me on the podcast, you know that I've been saying that he would return at mid by mid-September at the earliest. And I think I was being a little bit cautious saying that. So, but now, now, you know, and I think this is a good thing because it, what it tells you is that nobody is giving the all in for week one stuff. There's no timetable. It's when the kid is healthy, put him back on the field. And I've heard that consistently from him. I know Rivera has talked to Chase Young about the need to be patient, but even from his people, They don't want him rushing back too soon either. The kid has a ton of talent. He remains a huge part of this organization's future. Be smart. Get him back when he's ready. Also, Trey Turner has missed a practice with the quad injury. Curtis Samuel, they shut him down later in practice, and it was just more to get him some rest. They're going to be very cautious with Samuel after his experience last season. So let's get to practice. That's enough of the news and nuggets. Uh, Quarterback Carson Wentz, the offense, the passing game, looked a lot better through at least the first part of practice. And then it has started to hit some speed bumps, or hit some obstacles or speed bumps, whatever you want to call them. Didn't look quite as good to finish up, but I do think that it was, it was for at least half the practice, it was much better than it was uh, the previous day. I do know, I don't think anybody's sitting here freaking out about like, oh my God, the offense didn't have a great day. I think there's a lot of excitement in the building about what they have in the passing game and what it could do during the season. So always just keep some level of perspective when you're looking at this. If you string together a lot of bad days in a row, well, that's an issue because it's it's indicative of a problem. But one thing I want to talk about, I'm, I'm going to get back to, uh, to Wentz in a minute, but I want to get to some rookies first, some guys that we don't talk a lot about. I know you don't want to just, I know you want to hear about the big name guys, but there's going to be more to this roster than those guys. So let's get to some rookies, some back of the end rookies. Cornerback uh, Christian Holmes. I like this kid. He has flashed a few times throughout practice. You hear defensive backs coach Chris Harris calling his name a lot um, for praising him for how he handled a certain play. And the one of the things I like about it, he's got some size, got some length. And I, one thing I think he is, is he's worked on his patience at the position. 
I think you can see that. One of the things they like is how they feel like he has quick feet and allows him to drive and or plant and drive on the ball. That's something that he has looked. I was watching him a little bit today. Did not see him have, not going to say he's this perfect corner as a rookie, he's seventh round pick. But what he did show is that he knew where to be. And he. I didn't see him get fooled. I think he's got some skill to work with. And is a guy to watch to see how he develops. And you know, the funny thing is, let's go back. Speaking of some of those rookies, the tight end group. I know I had Donnie Warren on the other day. Go back and listen to it if you didn't hear it because he was great talking about the roster and the tight ends in particular. There are a couple of rookies there, of course, with Cole Turner, Curtis Hodges, Imani Rogers. I think people here, again, are excited about what that group could be. Keep in mind, though, when I say that, some of those guys I was talking to a coach today is like, that could be, that could mean what he does in two or three years, not necessarily right now. You don't know how long it's going to take. So that's something that you never know. But, you know, but there's there's excitement about what the group might be able to come because there are traits that you can work with with all those guys. Another rookie I want to talk about, a guy maybe you don't even know, is undrafted free agent offensive lineman Therese Robinson. And I'm looking at some of my notes here. I heard his name before training camp as a guy to watch as one of the undrafted. Whether or not he makes the final roster, I, I could see him being placed at least on the practice squad as a guy they might like to develop. And one of the things I... I knew I was talking to a coach today. He said he does have some bad habits, but he is a guy that they want to see. Where does he go? And I was watching him today. I felt like he set a decent, did a decent job on the edge, setting you know setting up against some um, some defensive ends. I felt like he was better at tackle, to be honest, than than fellow than draft pick Chris Paul. I think I think Therese Robinson has some stoutness to him. So again, just a name to watch to see where does he develop from here. Sometimes you hear guys' names early in camp, and then you don't hear about them later because they don't go anywhere, or the games begin, or the pads come on, the games begin, and then maybe they take a step back. So we'll see where Robinson goes. And again, he may just be a practice squad guy, and I think that's all he probably is at this point, but he is a guy that I was like, you know, okay, I've seen a couple of things. Um, going to Chris Paul, I think what Paul has shown is that he's right now, to me, better as a guard than as a tackle. As a tackle, I think he almost overcompensates for the speed that he's facing against these defensive ends. And I saw a veteran Casey too, he'll rush against him on one on a couple snaps where I think Paul sets up a little bit pretty high and opens his hips and gives to Hill the corner because of that. So I think that's why I say overcompensating. But when you watch him inside as a guard, I think he does a better job. I think he looks more comfortable inside right now. So I think you know, maybe he can develop a tackle, but I think if you're going to look for someone, if he can help earlier, I think it would be more inside. So, um, you know, I think, um, you know, so that that's one there. And I think the other one I want to talk about is Brian Robinson, the running back from Alabama. There was one snap, and one of the things I liked about watching his film was the way he sets up blockers and defenders. And there was a play against Georgia where I really liked that in the national championship game. Well, I saw a similar play out here today where, you know, sometimes you're, maybe I'm overreading something because you see it, but what I saw in this play is him running to the outside and it looks like he's going to take it outside the end. So Casey Tuhill kind of winds, creates a better gap for Sam. I think it was Sam Cosme, uh, may have been Robinson, um, to open up the inside. So they kind of gets Tuhill to widen and he cuts back inside for, for a gain. And I, they probably would have gone four or five yards or whatever, but it, but it was done in part because of how he set up that block, at least 
again, maybe I'm overreading something, but that's how it appeared to the naked eye when I was standing back behind the plate. But I think that is something he does well. Um, and by the way, all the talk about what Robinson's to plant Gibson, Antonio Gibson, I don't see that happening. They're different types of runners, and this group remains excited and upbeat about what Gibson can do at that position. So I, I think I would not, would not certainly dismiss Antonio Gibson by any means. Let's go back to my favorite coach to watch, which is running back, excuse me, defensive backs coach, Chris Harris. The energy that he brings is, is every day. And believe it or not, he's not a guy who drinks a lot. He doesn't drink any coffee. Um, he just wakes up ready to go. And I think that's the kind of energy you need. You need some coaches like that. You can't have every coach like that, but you need some coaches like that because I think it's what helps get guys through some tougher parts of camp. But one of the things I like is how much he focuses on the communication aspect at the position because it was a problem last year. So today, watching him, for example, with the rookies, it was Percy Butler and Christian Holmes. They go back on the field. So Harris, is, Harris stands about 30 or maybe 40 yards behind the play, but he can see the defense and he knows what, what the defensive backs are supposed to be relaying to one another. So he will ask them before they go out there or after play, did you say this? What did you say to him? To get them within the thought of communicating, communicating, communicating. That's how stuff like that develops. And again, it was a problem early on last year. It's been better so far. We'll see where it goes during the season, but it's been better so far. The other thing that I like that he does, he will bring guys out to him. So after one series, William Jackson goes out there and he and Jack, he and Jackson were talking for several minutes about a particular um, sequence of events and some, whether it was route combinations and some of it was route combinations, how you play a certain uh, zone and if a guy's coming in versus coming out, how far you need to get over, et cetera. A lot of little things. But again, also about what are you seeing at the snap? So the next time Jackson goes into under the field, before as he's lining up, Harris yells out to him, what do you see? And then uh, Jackson relayed what he saw. He said, there you go, there you go. So that those are little things that help to start to develop the ability to know what are you looking for when you're out there. So I think that's something that really should help um, the, this secondary. The catch of the day, receiver De'Ami Brown. So on this one, this was a deep ball by Carson Wentz down the left side. Fuller, Kendall Fuller basically has Brown pinned along the sidelines. This ball is going to be picked off. Fuller has terrific coverage. He is right inside him, stride for stride. He goes up for the ball. Brown goes up for the ball. And guess who comes down with? Brown reaches over reaches over Fuller, grabs the ball as they're going down. Even as they're going down, I'm on the other side of the field. I'm thinking, well, Fuller's going to come up with that. It's like, holy bleep. Brown comes up with the ball. Catch of the day. Big play by Brown. That, of course, is what they need to see more of from him. Um, and I think, you know, there have been a couple times where he's caught some passes underneath. So you're going to see that speed there. But that big play, that also, to me, is a guy who's starting to, that's how you start to gain confidence. I think for a guy like Brown, Building confidence is a massive key. Now, I don't, I don't know that he's going to be a huge part of the offense. He's going to be a part of the offense. Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, when Logan Thomas is back, you know, J.D. McKissick, all those guys. But they need to De'Ami Brown can be the difference between having a really a good offense and maybe a really good one because you have another threat, a guy who can make a play like that. Just a really nice play. The other thing I want to talk about with Wentz, then. You definitely see, and we've talked about this, and again, 
he had a better start to the practice today and the passing game. I don't want to just put it all on one guy because it really is. There are times where the, maybe the receiver needs to run a better route. Blocking needs to be better. So the passing game was better for most of today and then kind of wasn't. But one thing that you notice with, with uh, Wentz, he's not consistent with his ball placement. And I, you saw that on film as well. It's kind of who he is. It's why you need. And we're going to start playing a bingo with the phrase wide catch radius. And I know some people want to hear that phrase. They get a kick out of it. But it's a big deal with, the, with, with Carson Wentz. So, but you see that. Even on air, you see that. And sometimes I wonder, I, when I go back and I watch some of the throws the quarterbacks make and you start to go frame by frame by frame, and what you see sometimes is that arm slot changes a little bit from throw to throw, even when you're throwing on air. So one throw might be might lead the guy right here, and the next throw might be up here to a different player. And sometimes is it the arm slot just changes enough where it changes the trajectory of the throw. So, and I don't know, sometimes during, and you see Carson changing that arm slot, even on some throws. I saw it today. Gets pressured, moves up, steps to the right, moves up, and kind of flings one to, to uh, Cole Turner running across. Nice throw, but it's what he does. He can change his arm slot, which helps him. But I also think sometimes does that lead to some inconsistency when you're throwing the ball? I could be wrong in that analysis, that assessment. But, you know, it is something that sometimes I think you see. One thing also with him, too, though, is what you see, too, is that quick game ability. So there was one throw today where he's backpedaling on a, on a, on a play, and I believe they're bringing pressure, but he's backpedaling and immediately right over the line, to Terry McLaurin, how about that hand coming through right, right in your face? Immediately to Terry McLaurin, running a slant and just good throw would have been a was a completion would have been at least five yards. But it's one of those ones where because he can see over the line, get rid of that ball quick, and that's going to be like I said. I think that quick game. Don't underestimate how big that could be this year for this team because he throws that well. I think they have guys who can win quick off the line. And they have speed. So that's a good combination there. <clears throat> but sometimes, then again, the accuracy. So later, there was a play-action pass where he tries to hit uh, Terry McLaurin coming inside, but he throws it to the back shoulder. That's the difference between a completion to McLaurin or a def- pass breakup by Kendall Fuller. And on that play, it was a pass breakup. So that's a consistency you, you want to see more of from him. But I think throughout his career, you've seen that at least the last couple of years. And that's something, again, that's why you want these guys who have a wider catch radius. And they do have a lot of guys with a wider catch radius. And then finally, I thought Deron Payne was pretty active today. And I think he's, I think he's having a pretty good camp. Going into a contract year, that's always a good thing for a team because you're going to get, you should be getting your best from him. He's a guy too who says he doesn't sit there and worry about it. And I think that's smart. I also think that, you know, with Fideri Mathis here, and I asked Payne about this after practice today, how much Mathis can help him now. He said that he hasn't been on the field with Mathis. So, so far, maybe he doesn't know, but Mathis can do some of the same thing, can do, can cover the nose the way they want Payne to. So when they are out there together, it can free Payne to be a three-play three technique with Mathis over the nose, whereas now with Allen, it's going to be Payne over the nose, which gives Allen more opportunities um, to, to do well. But I think with Payne, you see the ability to, you know, I don't know how much he's going to be a great pass rusher, but I think you may see more of that ability, which would help them. And if you can get that inside push with those two, that'll be a good thing for this defense to see. So there you go. That's day three. Thank you very much for tuning in. As always, 
always appreciate you listening. I will be back after Saturday's practice with yet another daily practice report. Talk to you next time.